the New York Islanders score an emotional 3-2 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have our key takeaways and why this game really was a good sign of things to come. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. What an emotional win for the New York Islanders, and we are going to get to that and why. That win really could be a harbinger of good things to come. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever's on your mind. You can also follow the show on X at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on X at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's great to talk Islanders hockey with you, game time or any time. Wow. What an emotional victory for the New York Islanders. They end the Toronto Maple Leafs' three-game winning streak. They end up with a big W, and I'll tell you, uh, some late-game heroics. That was great to see, overcoming some of the mistakes. And while I am not saying that this was a perfect game by any means, there were a lot of encouraging signs coming out of this hockey game. And, yeah, in the end, the Maple Leafs did record 36 shots on goal. And a lot of that came late in the game and in the third period when, you know, the Islanders, for much of it, were clinging to a one-goal lead. But for most of this game, what we saw and I think it was critical. What we saw from the New York Islanders was an overall better defensive game 
positionally. And while the Leafs still had their share of quality chances that, you know, were of concern, the fact that Ilya Sorokin wasn't under siege for most of this game, maybe at the end, but for most of this game, Sorokin was not under siege. That allowed him to play his A game. And you add the better defense, the fact that the team did a better job of getting the puck out of their own zone for the, again, for most of the game. Not going to say this was perfect. Not going to say there weren't moments where, you, you know, the team struggled and made you nervous, but a lot less than what we've seen in the recent past. And Sorokin had, you know, he did not start the last two games before the All-Star break, had the week off for the All-Star break on top of that. He so badly needed that rest to get rejuvenated, to get back on track, and it showed. Ilya Sorokin, 34 saves, a 944 save percentage in this game, and that was so encouraging to see. But that's not all. I mentioned at the top of the show that this was an emotional win. And look, let's face it, a lot of these guys, uh, the Canadian players especially, uh, who are from Ontario and from around the, uh, the Toronto area, it's always a little more special when you're playing the Maple Leafs. And the fact that it's on TV for their family and friends, and yeah, yeah, that does, and that some of them may even be in the stands, that adds a little juice to it. But then, even more, Kyle McLean getting his first career NHL goal. That was huge, and it was a beautiful, beautiful goal. On a breakaway, he goes to the backhand and ends up putting the puck in behind Ilya Samsonov. And what a wonderful moment you had to just feel for Kyle McLean. It made the score 2-1 Islanders. And it answered because Mitch Marner had tied the game exactly two minutes before that. And... You know, for McLean to answer that way, and kudos to Cal Clutterbuck for setting that play up. He made a great pass and a great play to make that goal possible, and McLean did a great job of finishing. You know, so many people, they'll exaggerate. You know, you heard Butch Goring if you were watching the broadcast talking about you never forget your first NHL goal. And that is true. But, you know, so many guys, it's a, it's a deflection. It hits it off your shin. It, uh, you know, it was a little tap-in. But as you get older, the stories of that goal get more heroic and better. When Kyle McClain tells his grandchildren someday, God willing, about this goal, his first career NHL goal, he doesn't have to exaggerate. It's not going to get any better because in reality, this 
was a beautiful, beautiful goal. And the fact that his father, John McClain, who is an Islanders assistant coach, was behind the bench to watch it happen just adds another element of emotion to the moment for Kyle McClain. So congratulations to him for that outstanding moment and that outstanding goal. And then the game winner, Pierre Engvall, who has struggled big time this season. Here we are, uh, you know, for the Islanders, 50 games into the season, Pierre Engvall has six goals. But to get that game-winning goal with just over two minutes left in regulation against your former team that never really gave you a lot of ice time, that traded you away, to go into Toronto and get that game winner, boy, was that a thing of beauty. So congratulations to Engvall, congratulations to Kyle McLean, and it's the second win for Islanders head coach Patrick Waugh during his tenure with the Islanders. They are now 2-2-1 two, two, and one in his five games. But uh, again, the emotion of both of those goals was definitely apparent. And I'm going to add one more, okay? Bo Horvat. Uh, I give credit to Bo Horvat. Simon Benoit goes across the ice, delivers a, a hard hit to Matthew Barzal, and Bo Horvat does not hesitate. He goes after Benoit and sticks up for his teammate. And while I'm not thrilled that Bo Horvat, your top line center, was the guy who did it, I am glad the Islanders stuck up for each other. And that was a show of leadership by Bo Horvat. Did not agree that he deserved the extra two minutes for unsportsmanlike conduct for sticking up for his teammate. He went over to Benoit. He didn't jump him. He didn't surprise him. He went over to him and said, hey, Let's go. And they went. It was fair. There was nothing unsportsmanlike about it. But, you know, refs are going to call what the refs are going to call. And the uh, Maple Leafs, you know, score on the four-on-four four to tie the game. But, again, I'm pleased that somebody showed the initiative and did what had to be done. When someone goes after Matthew Barzal, one of your elite players, someone on the ice has to stand up and hold the other team accountable. And Bo Horvat did that. And it did, in the long run, I think, pay off. All right, we have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We have our hero and goat of the game. We're going to talk about the return of two of the Islanders' top four defensemen in this game, and a whole lot more. All that and more still to come. And oh, by the way, for our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player who finished his NHL career with the Islanders after extensive time with the Nordiques and the Panthers, played for the Islanders for a season plus 
in the late 90s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58 between Kansas City and San Francisco, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So... Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Before this game started, the Islanders got some really good news. And that good news was this. And we we talked about it every day, as you know, on yesterday's show, that the Islanders made some moves taking players off of LTIR. Well, guess what? Both Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock, they were listed on Monday afternoon as game-time decisions. And they both ended up playing in this game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it made a big difference in this game. First of all, I love the fact that Patrick Waugh put them back together. Romanov and Dobson as a duo worked out really nicely. And keeping them together, to me, made a lot of sense. Having Pellick and Polak back together gives you a solid defensive pair. And you knew these guys were not going to play their usual 23, 24, 25 plus minutes per game in their first game back. But they each played 20 minutes plus, 2015 for Polak, 2049 for Pellick. Uh, And overall, you know, they played solidly. Three block shots for Pellick, two for Pollock. Both of them had three hits. Uh, Pellick had three shots on goal. Pollock had two. Pellick was a minus one. Pollock was a plus one. But again, they didn't look overly tired. They didn't look out of place or their timing didn't look very, you know, significantly off. Overall, these two guys looked solid in their return. And remember, theoretically, they should look better as they get back into game shape. And for Adam Pellick, the fear 
after taking that check, that elbow, really, to the head by Gallagher of Montreal a couple of weeks ago. Here's a guy who already had a history of concussions. I and many others were concerned, when will we see Adam Pellick? Because concussions, as we all know, can be very, very tricky. You could be feeling better in a day or two, or you could never be the same again. And the fact that Adam Pellick was able to come back after the All-Star break was significant for the New York Islanders. And the fact that the Islanders did a better job of clearing the puck out of their own zone and transitioning from defense to offense in this game, part of the credit definitely belongs to Patrick Waugh, who has been emphasizing the importance of defensive positioning and of uh, keeping it simple when trying to clear the puck out of your own zone. But part of it is also the fact that you got back Pellick and Pollock, two of your top shutdown defensemen. And to have them back in the lineup really makes a difference because you got to sit Samuel Bolduc, who's still learning and inconsistent as a result, and Sebastian Ajo, who I like Sebastian Ajo, but every day, as you've heard me say, Sebastian Ajo is ideally a seventh defenseman in this league. He has not provided a lot of offense this year. Uh, You look at his numbers right now, and, you know, in 40 games, he has one goal and six points, and he's a minus 12. Having him be your seventh defenseman, to me, is right where you want him. And that's what he was. He sat out. Bolduc sat out. Maybe Aho and Riley will take, you know, take a few games each. We'll see how Riley plays. But I think overall, getting rid of two defensemen who have struggled at times in their own zone and substituting Pelik and Polak in to their lineup makes a big difference as to how many shots this team is going to face, how long they're going to spend extensive time in their own zone, and it has a ripple effect. You no longer need Noah Dobson to play 25, 26, 28 minutes. He can do it on occasion if you need him to. But there's that ripple effect. Dauber, 23 minutes and 15 seconds. Mike Riley, who had an assist and had four shots on goal, which, by the way, was tops on the Islanders in this game, he played 15-27, the only defenseman who played less than 18 minutes. But overall, the, the ripple effect is you're not asking your top defenseman to do too much. There's more balance. There's more experience and size and it makes a difference as to the number of shots on goal you're giving up, the number of quality scoring chances you're giving up. It has a ripple effect through.
throughout the lineup, and it's a positive effect. Again, hopefully Pelic, Polak will continue to improve as they get back into game shape, but an encouraging first game back for this duo, and potentially it means a lot for the New York Islanders. When we come back, we will have our hero and our goat of the game. We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a lot more. All of that still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. We're past the all-star break now, Islander fans. And regardless of where we are in the standings, I want to remind you, you can win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Sorokin, McDavid, or McKinnon will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Islander fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Hero and Goat of the Game. I'm going to split the hero. I'm going to give part of it to Pierre Engvall for the game-winning goal and part of it to Kyle McClain for his first NHL goal and what a dramatic and exciting goal it was. So those are my co-heroes of the game. But I have to talk a little bit about the goat of the game. I'm going to give it to Oliver Wallstrom. And it's not that Wally played a terrible game. He didn't. But late in the game, when the Islanders were clinging to that 2-1 to lead, a dumb, dumb penalty by Oliver Wallstrom. He gets called for interference with 540 left in regulation, and the Islanders up by one. You can't take that penalty. It was... Not necessary to stop a scoring chance. It was away from the puck. It was a blatant call. There was no way that the referees, especially in Toronto, were not going to call that penalty. And Wally has to be smarter. He just has to be smarter. And, you know, the thing about Oliver Wallstrom, it has never been the you know what he does when he has the puck that has caused difficulties for Wallstrom. 
it has always been what he does when he doesn't have the puck. Getting back and playing sound positional defense, back-checking, uh, not taking foolish penalties, being aggressive on the forecheck, doing the little things that you need to do to win hockey games. We know Wally has a heavy shot. We know that he's capable of providing this team with offense. Even in this game where he only had one shot on goal in 9 minutes and 52 seconds of ice time, he was playing okay. He was looking okay. Had three hits, but had a giveaway. Blocked a shot that was painful. I, I, I saw that. Took It looked like he took it on the arm. But Wally... You got to play smart. And it looks like Patrick Waugh is giving Oliver Wallstrom a chance to play. I mean, Hudson Fashing sat. Julian Gauthier still down in Bridgeport. They did not call him up for this game. So here's Wally's chance. And look, I'm not going to lie to you. It has crossed my mind that this could be Lou Lamorello showcasing Oliver Wallstrom, let him play three, four, five games. As we get closer to the trade deadline, you include Wally in a deal. You get a team to be interested in what he can do, what he shows you on the ice. That's possible. But it's also possible that, you know what, Wally, this is your last chance to show you belong in the lineup every game as a member of the New York Islanders whether it's on the third line, the second line, whether you're on the second power play unit or not, this is a big opportunity for Oliver Wallstrom. You can't take that penalty. I understand if there's a mad scramble in front of the goal and you have to pull somebody down or they have a shot at an open net or a really high danger chance. This penalty took place in the offensive zone away from the puck, it was completely unnecessary. And that's why, even though I don't want to do it, I have to make Oliver Wallstrom my goat of the game. I hope that Patrick Waugh gives Oliver Wallstrom more of a chance. One of the issues that we always had with Wally, under Barry Trotz, under Lane Lambert, the tough love thing where you would see other players, and I'm not going to name them, but other players on the ice make the same mistake over and over and over again, and they keep going out on the ice. But then you see Oliver Wallstrom make the same mistake. He sits, plays, you know, one game, makes a mistake, doesn't play for five or six games. I hope they stick with Wallstrom for a little while and see what he could do. And when I say a little while, I mean five or six games, but he has to be smarter, and you know what, Wally, this is on you, so go out and take advantage of what might be your last opportunity to show that you should be a member of the New York Islanders. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and today is the 61st birthday of former Islanders winger Mike Huff. Huff, a ninth-round pick by Le Quebec Nordique, 
in 1982, made his NHL debut in the playoffs in 84-85 with Quebec, stayed in uh, Quebec until the end of the 92-93 season when he went to the Florida Panthers and then joined the Islanders for the 97-98 season and part of 98-99. His full season with the Islanders in 97-98, five goals, 12 points, 27 penalty minutes in 74 games. Huff at 6'1", 192, pretty good size for a player in the 90s. And, you know, he was a two-way defense-first kind of forward. But we look at one of his better games with the Islanders. April 16th, 1998, at the Old Barn, the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the visiting team. The Islanders have Wade Flaherty in goal. Zach Burke is the goalie for Quebec, uh, excuse me, for Tampa Bay in this one. My bad. And uh, in this one, Mike Huff scores late in the first period on an assist by Brian Berard to give the Islanders a 2 to nothing lead, and they end up winning the game by a score of four to nothing, 25 saves for Wade Flaherty to get the shutout. But for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Mike Huff, he scores a goal at even strength. He's a plus one. It's on his only shot of the game, and he was on the ice for 15 minutes and 26 seconds. Mike Huff, uh, a solid two-way player who ended his NHL career with the New York Islanders. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day, every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, we will have our latest news and notes, hopefully some more updates on maybe Casey Sezikis' injury situation. Uh, Also, of course, we'll have our weekly farm report on all things Bridgeport Islanders. We'll let you know how Ruslan Ishkakov did at the AHL All-Star Game as well. I also wanted to ask, and please feel free to comment either on YouTube or uh, hit me up on Twitter or via email, thinking about doing a live show a few minutes after Saturday's matinee against uh, Calgary. So if you're interested and you will want me to do that, please let me know. I will put a poll up on the YouTube page as well. But uh, thinking about doing one of those rare live shows, and uh, I would love to uh, just know if that's something you would like me to do. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.